So, you know, I was half considering starting off by saying, like, here we are scratching our balls. <laughs> episode number 80 of Stream of Thought. <laughs> but here we are on episode number 80 of Stream of Thought. And let me tell you, this is this is a shorter one. This is, a, yeah. this is kind of a special edition, so to speak. I don't know what's so special about it, but it's, it's shorter. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. For, for what it is. Well, what is special about it is that it'll be, uh, we're just, this will be an episode in between the normal... Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the Women's March, which translated yes. into a couple other topics that we talked about in regards to technology, old school, uh, instant messaging, yeah. and then we talk a little bit about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we haven't really shared on air very much. No. So it's just here and there, just random stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's least. fun, entertaining, a short one, you yeah. know, so... Short, sweet, and... To not, the point. Yeah, short, sweet, and to the point, and not a whole lot more to really detail. So, with that being said, episode number 80, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. So I want to say, first of all... Why, I want to say, first of all, why are there crumbs all over That's a your good, side of the table? Question. Uh... Oh, I, <laughs> what is all this from? I don't know. Actually, we were uh, here. What is all this? I have no <laughs> what? Okay, continue. Anyway, Dulce, yeah. Dulce has been eating at the table. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I know this is going to be uh, long past when it occurred, but dude, I just need to vent about the weather. So far, and the okay. fact that if you're trying to travel anywhere on the East Coast, don't this past winter or spring, like I feel you, I feel you, because I was supposed to go to Jersey, and this was during the fourth nor'easter to hit the East Coast in I think like three weeks, and totally shut down all the airports in Jersey and New York area for two days, and they canceled all the flights. So. Of course, it's around spring break period, so, you know, March and April or yeah. so. Good luck trying to find any day of the week that you can get anywhere on an airline that costs less than $500. So, you know, it kind of really limits your options, especially when you have this stuff planned out months in advance and you're planning for trips like that. It's just, like, interesting how Mother Nature throws things your way. But it's kind of a good thing that that happened because... I had the chance to go to, I don't know, have, have you heard anything about the the organization that held the rally called March for Our Lives? I did hear about that. Okay, well, what do you know about it? All I know is it was a rally for gun control. Okay, and do it you know happened any, across the country. Yeah, but do you know, like, how it started nope. or anything surrounding it? It just nope. sort of happened. Okay, do you know the shooting in Parkland? Yes, I know about that. Okay, so yeah, those... I was watching that when it was happening when they were evacuating the school. I remember being at the gym, like, "What the hell is going on?" And it said like high school shooting. I thought to myself, "Oh well, that's a surprise." Not, you know, it's like okay. Now, as somebody, who, you don't really watch the news. No. So it's very interesting. I don't really I watch like TV. It's so it would it would have been impossible for anyone to miss. Uh, the weeks after the shooting, all these kids went out on all the news networks. I remember And we're talking... Okay, so you do remember seeing sort of, like, clips of kids. You know, they debated the NRA, for example. Yeah, because I, I saw that on... Uh, 
I saw that on Fuck Jerry. Oh, oh okay, yeah. There you go, there you go. So Fuck, yeah. fuck Jerry at least kept you yeah. in the loop. I, because I remember when uh, when they were going up against the NRA, the spokeswoman for the NRA was, uh, they asked them a, a yes or no question, and she went off, and then at the end, whatever the girl's name is, Emma Gonzalez, I think it is, it's like, okay, but may I remind you that the question is, and then she read the question, <laughs> and then she tried to, like, just, like, avoid the question and she's and i think she even maybe said like may i remind you this is a yes or no uh question like they were very keen on like nope this person is just you know a politician so to speak and i'm asking a very simple question that requests a very simple answer and these are I'm some not brilliant getting that kids right now. i mean could, do you think that when when we were that age that we could have tr- uh, outsmarted someone like yeah probably i mean I Lampard West was you, but I mean those kids are acting like I can't think of anybody from our high school who who could be that one go person toe to that, toe against yeah. someone who is probably spent her I whole mean, life debating people. I mean, I can probably think of some people that can go toe to toe, but I can't think of someone that can go toe to toe, but could also have been that person that the entire school can rally behind. Exactly. So anyway, they were they were making all these news rounds, and then basically they, they went on any show that would have them. They talked to anybody who would listen. They went to go see congressmen. They went to go see lawmakers, and they ended up meeting with students of other schools that experienced shootings all across the country. So they were like emissaries, and they went out across the the country and, and talked with these people. And while this was going on in the early phases, this was like, gosh, maybe not even a week after the shooting. They had announced uh, that they were organizing what they were calling a March for Our Lives. And that would take place on March 24th. 24th. And it would take place all across the country, but the main one would be held in D.C. But this would be something that everyone should participate in to just get people active and part of the conversation to actually start making some sort of realistic changes when it comes to, to gun control in this country. So, yeah, so that's how it originated. Does that make sense? Yes. Does, the, does the timeline yes. track? Yeah. And so they have been con- – these kids from Parkland have spent the past month talking with other organizers, making sure that all across the country that, that everyone is sort of on the same page and knows what it's going to be about. They came up with their, their symbols and their, their logos and all this stuff that went into planning this massive thing. And all across the country, uh, there were main hubs. Chicago was one of the main hubs, uh, like New York, Chicago, uh, I think L.A. Um, there are a couple other major cities around the, mm-hmm. the country. And the world, by the way. There was one in Paris and a couple of oh, other I didn't places. Know that. So this was all over the world that this took place today. But primarily in the US, there were something like five hundred different locations all over the country with those couple of main hubs all over the place. And so because I wasn't able to make my trip to Joyzy, yeah. I had the chance to experience Who did you go with this March? I ended up going with my mom. Uh, she had wanted to go to the women's march, the first women's march after Trump's election last year, but she hadn't been able to. And so uh, I think that she also got super, super busy with work. Uh, all of it just yeah. collapsed on, on the same week that the women's march this year happened. So this was the first chance that we had to go out and actually support one of those causes that's really, I mean, gained steam. And these kids, man, like, let me tell you, this ex- this whole setup in Chicago that I experienced 
so professionally done. It was a really? flawless organization. I mean, they from everything to from everything they, as simple as making sure that they had porta potties lined up in appropriate locations. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot count the number of times that I've gone to gatherings where they don't know where to put the freaking porta potties, <laughs> or they just don't have them, and uh, everyone's like, oh, "I'm just going to pee my pants." And uh, to that, to the sound system, to the person running the video, the the camera operating the camera and doing the cutaways and stuff like that, everything perfectly timed. Mics went up and down accordingly. You know, nothing was too loud. Everyone could hear everything. Was that Millennium or Grant Park? This was uh, Union Park. Okay. So there had to have been, you know, I I don't know the number. The numbers will have come out by now, so I'm not going to really guesstimate. But there right. were there were, ten, there were a lot ten, of tens of thousands. Okay. There was over ten thousand, well over ten thousand people there, and uh, it was it was quite the presentation. It was it was maybe an hour long, and you had these kids ranging from the age of. I think the youngest one who got up to speak was like 12 years old. Wow. And the oldest was, I believe, a senior in high school. Okay. Uh, and they had maybe six different speakers who came up, and they just talked about their experience of going to school uh, in primarily in Chicago schools and what their lives were like from a very early age having to understand what it meant to, like, that one of your classmates or one of your friends was killed by a gun. Like, all these kids were sharing this experience at the age of five or at the age of seven or at the age of nine. Like, they had to learn what it meant that someone was senselessly, like, slaughtered. And it, for them, they described it, uh, one of them described it very succinctly as, like, experiencing PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's like living in a war zone. You know, violence happens. You're at a young age. It, it's senseless. It makes absolutely no sense. And no one does anything about it. And it happens again. And it happens yeah. again. And it's like, you're, it's like is, your life is a war zone. And it's like you assume that's what America is. So, of course, you're going to grow up with a lot of um, issues that I think extend beyond school and into the rest of your life. So to hear them channel all of that pain and suffering into something constructive – was just a really moving experience. There's this one 14-year-old kid who won uh, he won this project. He was a he I, he's like a it was like a poetry slam kind of thing. You know? okay, I, it was yeah, like yeah. a rap but without music or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So it was like a poetry slam. I and love that shit. Shit, dude. Like he was using words that you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Like I mean, he his his grammar and his rhyme scheme and everything it just flowed so mm-hmm. beautifully. Now the problem is the one thing they did they did uh, didn't get unfortunately, and I think it's more the news media's fault than it is them. And I'm sure there's more videos that's going to be coming up. But when the news media reported it, they didn't get the audio, and so it sounds very echoey and tinny, and you can't really hear what this kid is saying. Mm-hmm. But like, we could hear it crystal clear from where we were in the park, and my jaw was like hitting the ground i'm like damn this kid is just tearing at the heart of like he was just beautifully painting the picture of what a horrifying scene uh kids in the inner city of chicago have to deal with i wonder if that i wonder if any of those things are available on youtube i'm sure they'll find their way up there i'm sure they'll find their way up there definitely worth checking out that sounds super cool how so how long was so you get there you walk you get to the train station you walk there. How long is this? Well, it takes uh, – it's like a mile and a half walk from the train station. 
No, I'm saying how. Once you get to and the then we like, get to the park. Was this event like four hours long and you were there for two hours or like what how what So was the... it was supposed to start at eleven. Okay. And it didn't end up getting started until about eleven twenty. Okay. And uh and so the program ran about an hour. And so it was supposed to end at noon and the march was supposed to start at like immediately after, I think twelve okay. thirty or something like that. So it didn't get done till what? Uh twelve thirty ish and then it took it took a good half hour to get everyone in the position, mm-hmm. and apparently they readjusted the route, too. So everyone's just standing there for maybe a good half hour, just sort of inching forward, and no one knows what's going on. Like, no one's really coordinated. They didn't really coordinate people for the march after the program was over. Uh, it just sort of happened, but they cut the route short by, like, a three-quarters of a mile or so. And so I think they ended up moving barricades and stuff, and that's why we were standing there for half an hour. Oh, right. And so uh, at this point, you know, we – it's freaking freezing out there, too. Oh, my it's, sh- it, I know. And the wind is just howling through. And so my mom and I uh, walk the route and then just continue on. Yeah. The way the <laughs> and just depart, depart where it curves <laughs> off. So <laughs> – so we marched. We marched half. I uh, that reminds me of uh, I saw this thing on Instagram where uh, it was this video where this girl gets her you know high school or college diploma, and instead of going back into the row of seats, she just keeps walking, <laughs> keeps and walking, just, and walks right, uh, out, right of out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I think most people were doing that too yeah. because everyone else uh there was I mean it was it was one of those things where you know gay pride weekend or whatever whatever the event in Chicago is when it's sort of ending like as it's sort it's not quite done yet the event's yeah. not quite done but just the flood of people like trying to beat the early traffic or yeah. whatever just People leaving early from a sports Every, game. It's, yeah. like, it's like people leaving early from a sports game. Exactly. All right, we've seen what we need to see. Time to get up and go. It was, yeah, yeah. This is the post-game show. We don't, yeah. we don't need to see Boomer and Skipper talk. <laughs> That's good. I'm ha- I'm happy that you had fun. That would have been uh, yeah, man. cool I, to see. I, yeah. I, I, uh, we got to do something. See, I was thinking about that because I saw stuff on Instagram, like different celebrities and everything. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I was I was look I was watching this. I'm like, you know what? I'm just not really into uh, huge events unless it's a music venue. Yes. Um, and it was cold outside. That was the I was also thinking of that that it was freezing outside. Yeah. And I saw. Um, I keep wanting to say meme. It wasn't a meme, but it was a picture of Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, and. Um, it was, I think, like CNN was reporting. Like the picture was taken from a TV or something because you could see the Fox News or was it Fox? It I don't was know. Fox News. It was yeah. several different. Yeah. And uh, I saw that. I think they had asked like, "Why are you here?" They had, they asked like some generic question that they ask everybody, and he's like, "Oh, well, one of my best friends was killed as a result of gun violence." I was like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> Not, I'm not, yes. but it's like it's funny because he didn't say John Lennon. He didn't say he just said his best friend. And then you're like, wait, what? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. That did happen. Yeah. Um, it's a cute little way to put it. Yeah. But yeah, I saw that and I was like, dude, it's 30 degrees outside. Ain't no way I'm going outside today. So, and here's the thing, too, that I feel like I should be expressing moral outrage in the fact that you're not passionate about an issue like gun violence in schools, but I'm not. I don't really care. Like, 
it's not like your emotion towards the topic really yeah. is going to have an impact on the overall conversation. It is fascinating, though, because, like, it is an important issue, but it's one of those things that unless you're personally affected, like most things, you can't really yeah. grasp the weight of it. And we got so much stuff in our lives that's like, what are we going to prioritize? Like, I can really empathize with those kids, but it's hard because we never had anything like that happen at West. No. I never had anything like that happen at college or seminary. So, I mean, like, the closest I ever got to something like that was... I was a couple of blocks away when a gun went off in in upper uh, Manhattan, Harlem. And so, like, I'm not really, uh, my emotional heartstrings are Your emotions are aren't spiked when, yeah, when, when this, but, you know, I, it's one of those things that I feel like at this time in America, I think more of it is my love for the country and politics and being a part of this. Because... This, if you can move the needle on guns, that has been, people talk about, like, Social Security as a third rail politics, but, like, guns are the third, like, you, no one's ever been able to do anything to touch guns or gun regulation. And so, if anything's able to happen on guns, well, that, the impossible then is possible. Anything. Yeah, or did you hear that YouTube is, uh putting restrictions on videos that relate that relate to I guns did. and ammunition. Yeah, I didn't read too much into that. Did you? I I have a very vague uh can you understanding. Pretty much anything I believe anything that involves the modification or creation of like guns and ammo and uh just anything related to that will not be allowed. That they're demonetizing it or banning it? I think they... Uh, they might be demonetizing. I don't know. I can't recall. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because people have been having this conversation of... Especially YouTubers. YouTubers have been having this conversation. Uh, Casey Neistat was on uh, a podcast I listened to called The Verge, which is a tech podcast. Mm-hmm. And... He was talking about it. Phil DeFranco's talked about it. But basically, Facebook is right now getting ravaged by the media. And especially, it's starting to head to Congress in regards to, is there oversight? Is there governmental oversight that can be placed on this private company, basically? And so, Facebook is having to deal with this super intense fallout. And they're, like, freaking out. They don't really know what to do. Mark Zuckerberg went on a five-day hiatus and just disappeared mm-hmm. and didn't do any so, any any press-related stuff. And so now it's looking like government regulation is more and more um, likely in regards to how – what content is monitored on that particular platform. Now, what everyone else is saying is that other social media companies are going to be soon to follow, you know. In regards to the restrictions, the preemptive restrictions, because right now we're still in the wild west. We can post anything. You got people on oh, Facebook. You think okay. about this too, and there's a good side to it too. Like you have these horrible things, like the Jake Paul suicide video, but then you have uh, things that are kind of necessary in regards to public awareness, like um, Philan- uh, like Philando Castile or other uh, stuff caught on tape, mm-hmm. stuff caught on camera that's filmed a facebook live yeah I, I can't think off the top of my head what that instance was of the woman who filmed on her phone 
Facebook Live and just went up immediately. So no one could censor it. No one could take it down. People could, like, see the truth of what happened in the situation. So there's positive and there's negative because the negative is people can make it appear that they're showing you truth when really it's a manipulation and that becomes – and they can manipulate the computer algorithms Mm -hmm. to make it seem like that is, in fact – the, the truth so yeah regulation is coming down the pipeline and people are very nervous about it and i think youtube is probably behind the scenes thinking of ways that they can preempt it so that the government doesn't come in and, and say we're gonna monitor what you're doing because that is the last thing they want yeah that would suck that sucks anytime uncle sam gets his sticky fingers on something dude man i mean and that's the thing too is that like I honestly, as hyped as people may be to put regulations on Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that, I think it's Americans' basic responsibilities to be intelligent and informed enough to be able to not take what they see on a social media site as the God-given truth of the world. Like, I don't know. That's our responsibility, what's posted on there. People are talking about, oh, the Russians hacked our elections. The Russians hacked our elections. Well, we shouldn't be stupid enough to fall for fake ads saying that Hillary Clinton's a murderer. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I mean, really, really, we should be smarter than that. And so, but we're not. And that's the thing, too. And the craziest craziest part is, I, I will vent just this one thing. The craziest part is that the people who are saying that the government should have nothing to do with censoring information, are the stupidest people in the country. They're the ones who are going to fall for it. And they're they're advocating the point that I think is, on my end, like, essential to American liberal... Do you think uh, there have always been the same number of just stupid people out there, or do you think the internet helped breed stupid people? Oh, I think there's always been the same amount of stupid people. They just haven't been. Now they, now they can be heard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now they can be heard. Yeah. Every stupid person has a voice. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to listen to every stupid person now because they're on the same pl- they're on the same platforms and levels and communications as everyone else. My uh, my buddy Chris every so often he deletes his Facebook and then we see he's back on Facebook. I'm like, dude, what happened? He's like, dude, I I just deleted Facebook because I was really tired of it, and I didn't really, you know, just didn't need it. And then, you know, dude, you're back on. What happened? Dude, I kept missing all the invites to parties. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's a lifeline. It's a social lifeline. You know? It bridges that weird gap between I think right now he's off of it. This is probably... I, I don't recall the number of times, but I know it's at least... Two or three occasions where he's off and then he's back on because he was missing invites. It's like that cocaine. You just yeah, got to keep going yeah. back to it. Yeah. It's it's kind of a sad state of affairs how yeah, how integrated into our actual lives this what? is. What? We're just supposed to not use Facebook anymore? I know, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. Try it. Well, yeah, but I don't blame people for sort of falling into that trap. I mean, I wish that I had more of a social inclination I mean, if I was more of a social person, then maybe I might be more interested in social media. Yeah. But I give a shit less what other people think. Like, Dude, it's been like 15 years since it was conceived. It Isn't is. that crazy? It really is. It all started with MySpace. MySpace. And AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, my god! And Facebook combined both of those things. 
Dude, oh my gosh. AOL Instant Mess... It, uh, I think AOL officially shut down in December. Yeah, I saw that. Very sad. Rest in peace. I had, um, I had logged in once. I don't know when. Last year, two years ago, six months ago. I have no idea when it was. But I logged in to my old screen name and, uh... I see the names of all the other people I was friends with, and it brought back oh just my like goodness. so many memories, the nostalgia of, one, seeing the names of people's screen names, and be like, I know exactly who that person is, but also the categories that I created to play, put the screen names under. Yeah. It took me back, dude. I was like, oh, wow. You know, there's only, there's only like a segment of the American population between the ages of what, like... 26 and 30 who would know what we're talking about right now no it would be 32 no 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 it'd be older than that my um 28 to 34 my i don't know if my sister used aol but it would be probably like no you're right it'd be about 20 handful years a couple years it'd be at least probably 26 to 35 but it was huge it was so important for us as like adolescents yeah to have that sudden instant communication with other people. Yes. How exciting was that? That it wasn't just in school anymore. You could be like, go home and yeah. still have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, that was pretty... It was yeah, revolutionary. That was wild. Yeah. My, I remember when I was, uh, probably right before I was a teenager, my cousins used it to talk to each other because they're about the same age, but they lived in different places. That's why I was like, no, definitely people that are at least probably 36 also used AOL. But yeah, I totally remember that. And... Uh, you can strike up a conversation with anybody. And it was funny, too, because not even on – it was not even on the radar that you could say something and the person on the other end had the ability to print that conversation. If yes. you – like – so – because in your mind, that is a closed circuit that's only yeah, between you and the other when, person. When you're talking to another person face-to-face – But you could totally talk expecting. shit about somebody and they could – totally have printed that off and brought did it to school. Did you know anyone who did that? Well, I remember between, like, you, me, <gasps> Yes, Cooper, there was one time. There was, like, there a was conversation. There was, like, a yes. group conversation right. between, like, Prom. six or eight of us. Prom. And I thought it was so damn funny that I printed it off. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was about, but I do remember it was just, like, so I remember. Funny. I remember you printed it off, and you brought yeah. it, and you're like, this was just so funny that, like, I had to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You probably still have that. I don't know if I maybe threw it out, because I remember, too, the ink, I think it wasn't 100%. It was, like, a little bit faded, because at the time, I think my printer, the ink cartridges were low. But I do have a folder of some random stuff from high school. Yeah. So this week on Nostalgia Hour... Yeah. AOL, Instant Messenger. Yep. That was pretty neat. So, before coming over today, I was telling you, like, oh, I took a nap. Yeah, yeah. My intention was to just take a nap for 30 to 40 minutes. I think I ended up taking a nap for almost three hours. It was one of those two where, like, you texted me, and I'm, like, awake, but I'm still really groggy, and I'm like... I do not want to get out of bed right now. I was like, and then I get up and like within five minutes I'm awake. But it's it took so much effort to get out of bed. I was so glad when you texted me the other day. Uh, it's like, can we meet the next day or something? Like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was like half asleep and I'm like, I could take a two hour nap, me up and and do it later. Yeah, but when you're like, uh, it's too late. I'm yeah, like, you're like, let's all right. Meet it. And then I close my eyes and I fall asleep at like eight thirty. Yeah, you're like, let's meet at eight. And it's like, great night's sleep. 
It was, means I'm not getting back until 10.30, and I'm waking up at 5 in the morning. Hell no. So I'm like, hell no. no. I ended up actually staying up until like 11 o'clock that night, too. <laughs> so I thought Watching about, The Walking Dead? No. Uh, so yeah. I thought about that the next day. I was like, uh, I could have done this last decision. night. I, I, you know what? I have done that far too frequently. I, unfortunately, I do that. Uh, when I'm traveling early in the morning, mm-hmm. which was going to be probably the case with going to Jersey, uh, I had told myself, I'm going to go to bed at 7 o'clock at night because my flight would have been at 6. Mm-hmm. So I'd need to be leaving around 4.30 yeah. at the latest. Uh, and so be up at maybe 3, 3.30. Yeah. And uh, it's like, damn, I'll just go to bed after dinner. And I love those nights where... Uh, I never end up going to bed after dinner, and I always go to bed at, like, 10, <laughs> 11, midnight, even 1. Just Dude, like, all right, I'm not sleeping. Forget the, it. The earliest I went to bed, I think, with the intention of sleeping the whole night, was last summer. I'm pretty sure I went to bed at, like, 6.30. I was <laughs> so tired. Really? A few, several times, like, a, three or four times last year, I went to bed... The intention of going to bed for the rest of the night, and the, the sun was still up. It was like setting, so like six thirty was the earliest, and you know, seven seven thirty eight o'clock. I wake up at midnight, one a.m. I'm up for like forty five minutes to an hour, and then I go back to bed. Yeah, for the rest of the night. Yeah, I kind of had one of those this morning. I was up at maybe three. And then what? I was, yeah, I know. I woke up, and I'm like, damn it. My arm was numb. We were talking with Shannon about how when you're sleeping or whatever, sometimes if you don't have proper posture, your arm goes numb. So, yeah, I wake up. Both of my arms are numb. Really? And so, like, I can't just, I can't roll over. So I have to just sit up, (laughs) let the blood come back to the arms. And I'm like, shit. All right. Well, great. Now my blood circulation, my heartbeat is up now. I try to lay back down. And I'm, I'm, I end up rolling back over a couple times, and it's a good hour, hour and a half before I can fall asleep again. Like 4.30. I wake up again, and it's back up at 7. So. I read this uh, article. It sounds very interesting to try out. What's that? I, it, it has to do with sleep. I can't remember what it's called, but it's where you fall into like this habitual sleeping pattern to like optimize your day. <laughs> Why are you That's shaking myth, your head? But go on. Why are you shaking no, your head? Describe because I think what you're about to say is is a disproven myth. One that is of, horrible for your health. One of on. them. What one of the patterns was like? You only sleep about five hours a day. You sleep like a four hour. You sleep for four hours, and then like at some point during the day, you take like two twenty or thirty minute naps. That's what I'm thinking of. It's a disproven myth. Yes. How it, so? It, it, is, your is this bi- on MythBusters? No, no. This is sci- scientific <laughs> journals. Uh, I, it fascinates me. Sleep, sleep fascinates me. Uh, but no, the your, the human body is meant to get optimally like seven seven to eight hours of solid sleep. That's what the standard human condition is. And when we sort of fiddle with that and funk with that, if it if it's not sort of our inherent behavioral patterns, it can screw up the rest of our cycles. Everything else can get off because. We are a rhythm. Our body operates as a rhythm. And so when one part of our rhythm is off, it disrupts everything else. We may not see it sort of outwardly, but it, it messes with us. It's like when we're stressful, 
or when we're stressed out, like it causes other stuff yeah. to go on in our lives, whether we're getting less sleep, eating more, like all this sort of um, side effects of things that are a problem going on, you know? So let's say so like getting get messing with your sleep is not never a good idea. Good idea. So let's say for example that somebody you sleep six to eight hours a night. Would you say, or do scientists say that it's better to sleep for one period of six to eight hours, or can someone get away with sleeping three or four hours in one segment and then three or four hours in another segment? No, because the way the well, three hours. REM it, happens in 90-minute windows. And it has, to do, it has to do with a particular sleep cycle. But, the, again, the body functions better during that continuous period. I mean, I suppose you could do it and train your body to do it and get over all the side effects. Yeah. I, as, far as, I, train- as far as I'm aware, there's no benefits to doing that. I got a massage today. Fuck you. <laughs> it is interesting because I feel... I, <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is this is now 80 right this, yeah this will be episode number 80, 80 yeah. and 80 episodes in i feel like how many times have we tried to force a conversation really well i feel like towards the beginning we would try to stretch out the the podcast. it doesn't happen very often where we find ourselves you know scratching our balls and just trying to think about what to say next <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's true <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> it's in the computer. <laughs> you see that scene in Zoolander where they're trying to? There's that scene in Zoolander where, like, quick, the files are in the computer, and they're like, it's in the computer, and they're like. Trying about they're like about to smash open the computer to like look inside the computer for these. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Well, good thing we're not on any pressure to get this one out there right away. <laughs> Seriously, I know, make it a two parter. I feel like a lot of the conversations that we have, we have just as many interesting conversations, if not more so, on the car ride to and from. Yeah. A lot of times, though, they're well, like I'm, X-rated conversations. I'm thinking so. too because sometimes in the car, I'm like, uh, I, uh, well, I, we're already halfway through, and I can't stop it because I think like, should we save this for a, a podcast? I have but the same like, feeling as I'm well. Like, well, many, we're already, you know, we're we already got the ball rolling on this, so. Maybe and it can be replicated in the studio, most likely not, but I'm not going to try and stop well, it. Well, and that's what no one ever gets to see either, is the fact that we we probably had at least one to three conversations that are entertaining or amusing, most of which I would say are, like, we can't air them. Yeah, probably. But uh, they're, they get the juices flowing. And a lot of the time... But we do, we do, we do so, sort of step into that boundary of like stuff we can talk about. And a lot podcast. of the time, too, we just don't say a single word in the car because we're saving it for the Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are other times, too, where we're just riding in total silence. Hey, what's up? What's up? All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> 15 minutes later, finally I, get to the studio. I will always know like what the mood is when I get into the car, depending on the, the decibel level of the music you're listening to. Sometimes well, I'll just be like, oh my God, Like I'll always have my headphones in and I'll be listening to a podcast or something. I'm just like, oh, well, I just got to push it in. I have turned the volume uh, down when you get in the car 
And also, when I see that you're putting on the headphones to listen to a podcast, I'm like, yes, I can listen to music. <laughs> Dude, man. I'm glad that you said that. We've never actually talked about this. I'm like, most of the time, I'm totally cool riding in silence. But there is that weird thing of like, you know, sometimes there's interesting stuff to talk about that sort of just pops up. I like to vent a lot as well. I feel like I do a lot of well, talking. when we were in the car and you were... Surprise. You were, uh, I can't remember what it was you were talking about in the car, even though it just happened like an hour ago. But I hear the song on the radio. I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't heard this song before, but I like it a lot. And then, like, you're talking about something, you're talking about something. <laughs> I like, can tell. Uh, I don't think this – and I was like, this song is going to end before this conversation. Before I finish my sentence. But I'm, yeah. like, kind of digging this song, but Rick's is telling me something. So I, like, took out my phone real quick to Shazam, Shazam the song so I can listen to it later. <laughs> Props like, you, what's Garrett. this song called? Uh, Okay. <laughs> that's fair. Because sometimes I'll get in, I'm listening to a podcast that's like really got my attention. I'm like, oh, well, now I got Victor's music player in and I'm yeah. going to can like have a mini conversation. But yeah, it, it is interesting because I guarantee you, I mean, in the same way that after when we, before we begin every single podcast and after we end, we always talk about something. It's yeah. always something. And at least, especially on the ride back, I feel like. We have like excrement. It's like yeah. it's the second wave poop yeah. of like stuff to talk about. Yeah, and uh, and it all comes out on on the ride home because what was it? The last time that we were coming home from recording, you're like, uh, should we talk about it now? It was something really brief. Oh yeah, it was it, like- was, it was it was um when I was working the other day and this guy because uh, I was telling you oh, everyone yeah. pretty much everyone has had that experience. Where someone says, like, someone just gives you this pamphlet, like, oh, here, this is for you. Okay, thank you. And it says uh, something like, do you believe in God or something along those lines. And that's about it. They just give you this pamphlet and that's it. And But this guy, talking for about five seconds, bring him up. Thank you. Hey, by the way, are you a Christian? I'm like, fucking A, here we go again. Because Victor, being the super spiritual and religious person and here, that he is, and I'm just like I don't, and it wasn't, JK. and it wasn't that I didn't want to talk. I, I'll, you, know, I don't need to explain myself to you. No, I, but we had this. It was one of those. Yeah, we already had this conversation. <laughs> but it was just like I know exactly where this is going. This is a complete stranger who is going to try and, you know, force his. Way of life on there me. were a couple of those, and and he's just going on and on, and I'm like, I think myself like, I do not care, I do not care. It is for, it is reason, it is people like him that make me not give a shit about what he's talking about because it wasn't necessarily what he was trying to convey. It was the fact that he was shitting on other people's religions or way of life to make. To legitimize his way. Yeah. Saying, uh, Buddhism this, Judaism this, and Islam that. And I'm like, fucking A, dude. You definitely lost any respect that I had for you when you start talking down on other uh, cultures. Hey, man. You know my philosophy in life. Don't I told him, dude, I because I'm just like, I'm not trying to have this conversation, so I told him, like, dude, different strokes for different folks. Different so strokes for different folks. kept going on and on and on and on and on. It was probably like 10 minutes long. It felt like an eternity. It was 7 to 10 minutes. Yeah. Don't get into a dick measuring contest. Yeah. You don't have much dick to measure. <laughs> <sighs> 
Oh, I guess we found our title, Dick Measuring Contest. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay, and that's the other thing, too. Because we're talking a little and bit about behind 200 the downloads. <laughs> right, right, Dick Measuring Contest. That's the other thing, too. Since we're talking a little bit be- about behind-the-scenes stuff. Titles. Coming up with titles and descriptions for the show. I don't know if anyone ever reads the descriptions for these shows. Honestly, I don't. I don't think I've ever read a description for our podcast before. I don't think anyone else ever has, either. But we spend... We spend a decent amount of time. I, I think a good five to ten minutes writing a description. Yeah. I cared about the descriptions way more earlier than I did now. Yeah, now like, I don't think anyone's more, reading No. Them. I mean, and it's not that more. You just gotta get keywords in there, yeah. etc. Like, it, it gives you a synopsis, just an idea I was of trying, what to Initially, I was trying to make the the uh, it doesn't have to be poetry. The descriptions as entertaining as the podcast themselves, and then I realized like I'm spending way too much time on this. Just kind of write it out, and we're done. Now the titles, on the other hand, are a whole nother ball game. Yeah, because that I feel like that is a battle, not not with each other, but against the concept of the show itself. Every week, we we struggle to come up with something that. Well, okay, we do have kind of our di- differences in artistic opinion because <laughs> Victor tends to like the shock and awe factor, hey, and, and I like the more this one metaphorical. Which yeah. now this one probably will yeah. be called "Scratching My Balls." So I like to tra- title it something catchy that yeah. may or may not have to do with <laughs> may what we're or may about. not. How about may and not Rich have anything? Brett wants to, do to title it something a little bit more rational, metaphorical. Yeah. I like uh, I like the encapsulation. But yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the fact that we are able to continue these sort of conversations and not kill each other. I yeah. think is uh, is fascinating. But you know, it's one of those things, man. Just keep doing it. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my. God.